So about seven years ago, uh, as I tell this story, your response will probably be the same as, same as mine, but about seven years ago, I was hanging out with a pastor friend of mine, and he prefaced the story quite like I, or kind of like I just did, just to kind of say, hey, this story's gonna kind of hit you in the gut, take your breath away. He said, I had a pastor friend of mine who was headed to a speaking engagement that was a few states over, and so he decided to fly to the speaking engagement. And about halfway through his flight, he sees a lady a few aisles up, um, sitting on an aisle seat, and she looks distraught. She looks very upset. She looks sad. And he can see that she's muttering words. So he thinks, okay, she's praying, so she's a believer. And um, in, his, in his gut, he thought, man, you know, he just felt like the Lord wanted him to, to go and pray for this lady. And so a little bit more time goes in the flight. He finally gets the courage to go up. And so he goes and approaches this lady. And he says to her, he goes, hey, I, I just felt like the Lord wanted me to come and pray for you. I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus. And you seem to be upset, and I just wanted to check on you, and, and it just, it just wanted to pray for you, wanted to love on you. And without hesitation, the lady looked at him, and she says, oh, I'm not upset. She says, and yes, I am praying. She said, but I'm not praying to Jesus. She said, I'm praying to the devil. She said, I'm praying that the kingdom of darkness would take over this earth. She said, as a matter of fact, she said, me and other followers We've decided that every day on this specific time that we would pray that the devil's kingdom would come. Now, I would like to think that I would be super spiritual in that moment and be like, get behind me, Satan, or something like, you know. Um, but the reality is I probably would have been like, get me off of this plane, God, like as soon as possible. You know, when I first heard that story, as it unfolded, I was really convicted because what I realized is that it was a story about something that Jesus talks about a whole lot. And yet seven years ago in my, in my faith journey at that time, I wasn't giving much thought to, nor was I allowing those, those teachings of Jesus to shape my heart. You know, Jesus talks a lot about, all throughout his teachings, of this idea of the light versus the darkness. I would even argue that it is impossible to escape the idea of light versus darkness if you were just to simply read the scriptures rightly, come in with no selfish ambition, not trying to change it to fit culture, but just to read the word of God. It is impossible not to read it and see that there's this idea that Jesus teaches about versus light versus darkness, this idea that we as followers of Jesus, that we are called with our lives, to use our light to push back the darkness in our own hearts and in our cities and in our communities. That this is the call of a Jesus follower. You can't read the word and escape that thought. And so this morning, if you ask me, hey, what do I think that Jesus is inviting us into? There's three things that I think we're gonna see from the text. The first one I think is he's gonna invite us into a kingdom position. I think he's gonna invite us into kingdom participation. And then the third is kingdom power. Look with me to Acts chapter 19, verse 11. Acts chapter 19, verse 11. The Bible says, God did extraordinary miracles through Paul. Look to somebody next to you and say, God did. God did. Look, come on, say, are y'all waiting now? Come on, God did. I was up at five, hadn't drank coffee. God did, all right? God did something. God did extraordinary miracles through Paul, so they didn't even 
Handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick and their illnesses were cured and the evil spirits left them. The only thing I want you to know about Paul today, we're not gonna get deep theology. Here's all you need to know about Paul's life. The verse we just read talks about a guy named Paul. Paul, for the past two years of his life, has lived in such a way that he's trying to bring the ways of the kingdom of God to planet Earth, specifically in the location of the continent of Asia. And so for the past two years, revival has literally broken out in this continent as Paul has positioned himself to be used by God in such a way where he brings the ways of the kingdom of God to earth. Translation for us this morning, Paul has positioned himself to use his light to push back the darkness in his heart, in communities and in cities, and eventually this spread into a nation. Which brings me to my first thought, my first point this morning of kingdom position. Kingdom position. You look back to that verse, and I I just really want to hit this. God did something. God did something through Paul. The word right there doesn't say that Paul did something. It says God did something. You know, the other night, it was... uh, the, uh, this past Thursday night, I did what typical millennials do. We all end our day on social media. And um, I was scrolling on Facebook, and it was one of those moments. You guys have had it as well. Some of you have probably had it pretty recently. You, you scroll and you find out somebody you know passed away. It was uh, somebody from high school. She was my age, 31 years old. It just kind of hit me in a place. I was like, oh, no. Like, it was just like a, it was just an overwhelming sadness. And, and, just to show you what kind of life she lived. I mean, I went and started reading posts on her wall and I was there for like 45 minutes. And it got me thinking about my life and it got me thinking about when I leave, what are people gonna post on my wall? And I started thinking about, you know, when, when my life is over, what, what are people gonna post on my wall? Will, will, will someone be able to read through the post on my wall? And will they be able to, to, to come to, to, to the understanding that, oh, like this is a man that lived his life trying to grow and, 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 and bring in the, the ways of the kingdom of God? Or will it, as they read those posts, be like, oh, this is a guy that tried to, be, to, to build the kingdom of Chris? Will people be able to look back on my life when I take my last breath and your last breath? Will people be able to look back on our lives as the ethos community and be able to look back and go, man, God did something. God did something. What was it about Paul where God could use him? Was it because he was perfect? No, the Bible says that only one was perfect. What was his name? Jesus. Was it, okay, if he wasn't perfect, it had to be because he didn't really struggle with sin, like at least big, like he, he didn't struggle with sin. And I'm like, no, go read Romans 7. He wrote a letter to the church in Rome. And in Romans 7, he literally says, the things I don't wanna do, guess what? He keeps doing. I'm like, been there. What was it about Paul's life where God could do something? It was a kingdom position. Paul had submitted his life to come under the lordship of Jesus Christ. 
the way he thought, the way he moved, the way he, he was, the way he treated other people, the way he stewarded his sexuality, come on, 2019, the way he lived his life, the way he moved, the way he was, the way he loved the poor, the way he helped the poor, the way he clothed the poor, the way he spent his money, the way he worked hard, everything about his life, guess what it was? It was a kingdom position. He came under, he came under the lordship of Jesus, it was a kingdom position. Look back, and I wanna hit this. It says, God did extraordinary miracles through Paul. We live in a time where as soon as we do something for the kingdom, where's our first place we go? Instagram? Come on, to be seen. Because we want it to be about us. And God said, no, if you want it to be about me, you gotta take a kingdom position. I love the word and I love this church. And I love that when I have been a part of this church for the past six years, I've ran into so many people who are doing so many amazing things for the kingdom. There's people in this community at all services who work nine to five. And in their workplace, People are not only meeting Jesus, they're coming to Jesus, being discipled in the ways of Jesus. And some of you, that's your story, it's why you're here. How did that happen? It's because those working nine to five in this community have come under the Lordship. There's moms in our church, often overlooked, mostly underappreciated, and guess what? They're raising up a generation of worshipers. How are they doing it? Every day they've come under the Lordship of Jesus. I see young people and all the way from the youngest to the oldest, like God is doing something in our community. What is the thing that ties it all together? It is people in our community that are positioning their lives under his lordship. Culture's not affecting the way they live, but Jesus Christ gets the final say. God did something. We gotta come under his lordship. At the end of my life, if I want to live in such a way that when people look back on it, they go, man, the only way that that happened or the only way it's explained or can be explained is to say that God did it. How does that happen? It's when we come under what? His lordship. It's a kingdom position. If you want to get a good radar or kind of just on your heart this morning to go, am I coming under his lordship? Am I living in a kingdom position, here's a great way to get a read. I want you to ask yourself, and, and, and this is just between you, like you're not sharing with the per, person next to you, but this is just for your heart. How serious do you take the darkness in your own heart and in this world? How serious do you take sin? How serious do you take the darkness of your own life? Do you take it serious enough to every day you're inviting God's goodness to come and overwhelm what's overwhelming you? Which brings me to my second point when we jump back into the scripture is this idea of kingdom participation. Look to verse 13. It says, some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits, they tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon possessed. They would say, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. And the seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. And one day the evil spirit answered them, 
Jesus I know and Paul I know, but listen to this, but who are you? And then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them and he gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. Now, typically, this is where as a pastor, you wanna have an illustration that fits beautifully. I don't have any friends that got in a UFC fight with the devil and it took their clothes. I ain't got that this morning. (laughs) But what I do got is, this is the part of the text, if I'm being honest, that as I was driving home the other day, I was weeping and I was crying. Because if I'm being honest, anytime I teach from the word of God, here's three things I wanna do. I wanna make sure that I'm I'm faithful to what the text says. I wanna make sure that everything that I'm saying and communicating glorifies God and not me. And the third and probably the, 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 well, I'm not gonna say most important because those two are pretty important. The third is I wanna make sure that my life has come under this teaching before I teach it. And I'm telling you, there was parts of my heart on Thursday that the Lord was going, you're not submitting to me as king in this area. And before you teach it, you better submit to me. And so I'm weeping because how many know that growing pains still, they're still painful. I'm like, Lord, but this this part of the text right now, I'm telling you, if we'll come under it, if we'll receive it, if we need to, I think that it can change us and I think it can launch us forward. If you ask me, hey, Chris, what do you think is taking place in the text? I tell you, I think there's a a group of guys that wanna participate in the revival that is taking place all around them, but they have never come under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. They had never taken a kingdom position. You go, well, why do you think that? Go back to the text, we just read it. The evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know and Paul I know about, but who? are you? Guys, that's a lordship issue. My Bible teaches me that when I become a follower of Jesus and I come under his lordship, I receive the spirit of God. And that same spirit of God is the same spirit that rose Christ from the grave. And that spirit inside of me has authority over the darkness. And guess what? We've got too many Christians that are losing their authority over the darkness. Why? Because we're too busy participating in it. And when we look to this text, we see guys who, listen, I'm just telling you, there's a lot of ways I wanna spend my Tuesday. I'm not going out in the community trying to cast out demons unless you believe that God is good and God is faithful. So what was it about these guys where they get beat up naked and they're left bleeding? Well, they didn't have authority over the darkness because they'd never come under his lordship. You know, in my early 20s, I had a moment with God. I'm listening to 101.1 The Beat, Judge Away. And... (laughs) I can't remember exactly what the song was. If I had to guess, I think it was like, you know, shake your tail feather, like you know, Nelly's like, I'm a sucker for corn rolls. I never changed that. So that's the throwback. So I'm listening to Nelly. I'm driving down the road. And then all of a sudden, this guy comes on. And so we went from like, drop it, shake it, to now this guy's on the radio and he's reading from the Bible. And he's talking about Jesus. And once he was done, the radio went back to songs about shaking it, drug dealing, being up in the club, sexual immorality, all that. And in my gut right there, it felt like, oh man, that felt so out of place. And just the spirit of God just convicted me going, Chris, this is how you're living your life right now. You do you, you build your own kingdom, you come to church, you act like you're building my kingdom, 
You participate, you set up chairs, you take down chairs. You help here, you help there. Anytime the church is doing something, you go to it. But when you leave, you're building your own kingdom again. You do you, pretend you're doing me, think you're doing me, but you're really not doing me, and then you do you again. How many of us know that our faith has a temperature? Jesus said, you're either hot or you're cold. He said, you're either all in or you're all out. But the one thing that breaks the heart of God to the point it makes him sick to his stomach is those that believe, and I've been there, those that believe but are not living into the ways of the kingdom. Jesus said, that's lukewarm. How many of us know that the world needs Christians that aren't lukewarm? There's this moment where I want to speak, just hear me, because there's some in this church that are on fire, okay? I'm not trying to paint a brush. This is a moment, listen to me, because usually when someone preaches this, it's like, turn or burn. Like, that's not this message, and that's not my heart. And I don't think that's Jesus' heart. But guys, I'm, I'm telling you, some of you, you are emotionally exhausted, you're physically exhausted, you're intellectually exhausted, and you are for sure spiritually exhausted. And how do I know that? Because I've been there and my heart breaks for you. God wants so much more for you. And the devil, he is a hard, hard, hard master. And the question this morning is not, am I participating in the kingdom? The question is, which kingdom am I participating in? And this morning, if you're going, man, those shoes fit, I'm just telling you, it's time to take them off. It's time to take them off. God's got more for you, and he wants you to step into who he created you to be. And it's time to take those shoes off. It's time for you to step into the calling that God has on your life. Because the world is looking to the church for answers, whether we realize it or not. They might not say it, but God created them that way. And when they look, they need to see a church that is alive, that's participating in the kingdom of God. What they don't need to find is people who are one foot in the world, one foot in the church. One foot in the light, one foot in the dark. There's a calling on each of your life. How many of you know that there's people in your life that the only Jesus they may ever get is you? And that window might be gone in the next moment. And all they're gonna remember is you said you were a Christian, but you lived just like them. There's an invitation from Jesus this morning for us to begin to participate in the kingdom of God. And some of you this morning go, man, I don't wanna wear these shoes anymore. What's the next step? The next step is for you. And I'm telling you, if, if you feel that, tune me out the rest of the time. Literally start having a moment with Jesus right there in, those, in that white chair. Like start going, Lord, I wanna repent. I wanna come back under your lordship. I wanna be shaped by you. I wanna be molded by you. I want my sexuality to be steward the way that you would want it to be. I want my thoughts to be the way that you'd want me to, to think. I wanna treat the opposite sex. I wanna treat my friends, my family. I wanna come under your lordship. If that's you this morning, man, praise God. Praise God. You know, this past Monday night, we had what I would consider as a cultural moment. To me, it kind of gave us a good picture of where we're at as a culture. 
We had a lady on a very popular television show on Monday night, as the whole world tuned in, said, I can sleep with whoever I want to sleep with, and Jesus still loves me. Translation, I can do what I want, when I want, however I want, whenever I want, with whoever I want, and at the end of the day, God doesn't care. And as the Twitter mobs came out, some defended that demonic way of thinking, and others attacked her, which both were just as demonic. But it was a reminder for me as I'm scrolling on Twitter and I'm looking at people's comments and what they're saying and, and, and grasping this. It was, it was a reminder that the devil has begun to trick this generation into thinking that they can love what Jesus did on Easter, but totally ignore the darkness that launched him to the cross on the Friday before. And it is time for us to open our eyes and to see that the devil is taking ground and it's time for us to start taking ground. Schools are being shot up. Mental illness is going through the roof along with suicide rates. And the church is asleep. And it's time for us to wake up. It's time for us to wake up. That's the passage. And this next part of the passage, the two words that God has just laid on my heart for us this morning. It's time for us to wake up. I feel like planet earth is in the fourth quarter and Jesus could come back any moment. And it's time for us to wake up. Brings me to my next point and my final point, this idea that we as a church, we've got to step into kingdom power. Look to Acts chapter 19, verse 17. Check what happens after this story. It says, when this became known to the Jews and Greeks living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear and the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honor. Many of those who believed now came and openly confessed what they had done. A number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. And when they calculated the value of the scrolls, the total came to 50,000 drachmas. In this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew, and here's the word, in power. Translation, Christian's translation, kingdom power. This morning, what is one of the most powerful things that we can do so that the city of Nashville can start to experience the power of God? It's for us to bring what is in the dark to the light and start confessing. I don't want us to miss this because this is American church and I'm just as guilty. How do you wanna reach the city, Chris? Well, I need to come up with a marketing strategy. How are you gonna reach the city, Chris? Well, I need to get a good website with a really dope logo so that someone who's lost is gonna be so convicted. Like, think about how silly that is. I need to get on fire. I'll just go to another church conference where we pay the big money for the big names for the big name bands, only so we can be convicted again. Say we're gonna change and then come back the next year and pay the same money. Guys, what did they do so that the people in the city that didn't know God could experience kingdom power? What was it? They started confessing their sins. They started confessing what was in the dark and bring it to the light. 
You know, typically, I'm just telling you how my brain would think if I heard this lesson, because I've been wrestling with it all week. What I don't wanna communicate to you is a false gospel. I'm not trying to tell anybody in this room, hey, go be better, go do more, be stronger, and maybe God will love you. No, that's not the gospel. God has seen you and me in our worst, hardest, ugliest moments, and every day he still chooses you. That's the gospel. I'll keep lifting that very high as long as God gives me breath in my lungs. But here in a little bit, we're gonna take communion, and, and this is what I want just for everyone to kind of see. I kind of want to, I want to give you some glasses to kind of put on so that you can see through this lens when we take communion this morning. Because in your hands, you're going to hold the bread. And that bread represents Jesus' body. And in, in the other hand, you're going to hold a cup. And that cup represents the blood of Jesus that was shed for you. Okay? And when you partake in those this morning, this is the lens I want us to see it through. I want us to see that the story, and I love what Dave said at the beginning, it's not about us, it's about Jesus, but the story of God as you take those is that God looked down from his throne and saw you and me in our mess, in our brokenness, and in our darkness. And his first thought wasn't, oh, let's start over. His first thought was, I'm gonna send my son into the neighborhood, die on a cross so that you and I could move back into his neighborhood one day to, to live back in communion with him, to live back in fellowship with him. So when you take of that, I want you to see, it's not you going, oh, I'm, I'm so messed up, I'm broken, Lord. It's, it's coming in going, man, because of what God has did, I'm now positioned as a son, I am a daughter of the king. If you guys wanna go ahead and stand with me. I want you to imagine this morning, Jesus on a cross. Sometimes we hear that so much and, and, and it just becomes so numb. Like literally just like, like tap into your five-year-old self that thought you were a Power Ranger on the playground. Like tap into your imagination. And I want you to imagine that you were there. Imagine, you, you, you literally see a human being that God created putting a nail through his wrist and his left and then his right. And imagine he's hanging there. And, 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 and literally he's experiencing even not only the, the weight of our darkness on him, but he's even experiencing the darkness from the people around him. They're literally hurling insults at him, mocking him. Almost kind of like, hey, Jesus, put a show on for us. If you're really who you say you are, come down from the cross. We'll really believe you then. We'll really bow to you then. Literally, he's being mocked. And what's so powerful is in that moment, he looks to the Father and he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And this morning, I'm here to, to tell you with all my heart that that same grace that he extended to those that were mocking him, he's extending to all of us today. He'll extend it tomorrow and he'll continue to extend it. And so here, here in a little bit, when we go to the table, here's the question I want you guys to wrestle with together in community. What is it in the dark that needs to be brought to the light? That's it. What is it in the dark that needs to be brought to the light. And here's what's so cool. As we, as we start to share amongst each other, you know what the, 
the Word of God says? The Word of God says that kingdom power is released. So as we're participating in this, kingdom power is being released. Because how many of us know that what is in the dark, when it's brought to the light, it loses its power? And so maybe your bed has been a place of sexual immorality. I'm telling you, use your imagination. Literally bring that sucker to the foot of the cross and say, God, my, my room from here on out and the way I date, it's gonna be a place of grace. It's gonna be a place of holiness. It's gonna be a place of worship. Maybe on your phone on Sunday, you use it for the Bible, but on Tuesday, you use it for pornography. Bring it to the feet of Jesus and say, I'm gonna use this as an instrument of righteousness. I'm gonna use this as a tool to share Jesus. I'm gonna use this as a tool. The devil will no longer have dominion over me in this tool. Like whatever it is, whether it's, it's gossip, you say, every Tuesday, me and my girlfriends get together and we have coffee and it's supposed to be about this, but really it just becomes a big gossip session. Hey, pull the coffee table up to the foot of the cross. Let's repent this morning. And here's the thing, we're repenting for the glory of God. We're confessing so that kingdom power can be released. If you need to confess, there's gonna be people over here that are willing to not only listen to your confession, but also wanna pray for you and love on you and encourage you. If you wanna give your life to Jesus, come over here to the Respond Banner. We'll help you take those next steps. God, God loves you. He sees you where you're at. He sees your story. And he's tapping on your heart this morning. And here's the invitation. It's not an invitation to condemnation. It's an invitation to go, hey, let's go deeper together. Let's go deeper together. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this word. I thank you, God, for the Bible. I thank you, God, that sometimes we need to be blessed. And I thank you, God, sometimes we need to be blistered. And Lord, you did that in my heart this week. I've been blessed and blistered. Just realizing, God, there were parts of my life where I was loving you as father, but not submitting to you as king. And so, Lord, I, even if this word was just for me, God, I, I'm so thankful, Lord, because it's, it's changing my life. God, I pray, Lord, that for, from, from here and, until we leave, God, I, I'm praying, Lord, that the Spirit of God would move in such a way, Father. Would, you know, it's easy for me to go, hey, would you do what you did in Acts 19? But God, you're a God that's an artist. And so we just ask that you would do a new thing in our church today. God, would you do a new thing, Lord? And I pray, I pray God, that as... Um, as the devil tries to come in and convince us that we shouldn't share and that we should keep what's in the dark in the dark, I pray, God, that you would silence the voice of the enemy, and I pray, God, that you would turn the volume up on heaven and so that we can hear your voice clearer. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.